Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawksfield at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Emma Holmes starting to his right. He's holding it, fires it late. He's got Marquez Valdez scaling. Right sideline, 10, 5, stretches out with the left shoulder. Touchdown, Kansas City. No flags on the field. This one stands for 46 yards. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are on ESPN Tri-Cities, AM 590 ESPN Omaha. And for hour number three, we are on we are on KFOR in Lincoln. And we're brought to you by our friends at Dingman's Collision Center. They've been in business for over 25 years in Omaha. And they've been first place best of Omaha for 18 years running. They have four great locations throughout the metro area. And they can work on any make and model because they invest in the latest technology. They also invest in the community with their give back program for every car repair. Go to Dingman's.com for more information. And for more information on the Kansas City Chiefs, we're joined now by Matt Athlin of ChiefsBlitz.com. How are you this morning? Hey, good. It's Nick Athlin, by the way. Nick, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Right. My, <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> I said Matt. <laughs> <laughs> been on the show for three hours. I got you. No, our next guest is named Matt. I got him mixed up. I that's that's my bad. Nick, don't uh, worry. I got your name. Like I got your name bolted in. Up top, <laughs> so that won't happen right, with me. Good. But you are from <laughs> ChiefsBlitz.com. Make sure you go check out Nick's work over there. Again, I do apologize. Um, wanted to obviously the the Chiefs are off to another uh, good start to the season, mm-hmm. but it's looked a little bit different. From an offensive standpoint, they uh, were a little bit more explosive yesterday against the Chargers, but there's been times this year where the offense has looked a little bit sluggish. What have you made of uh, of the sometimes offensive struggles of the Chiefs so far this year, and how much do you attribute it to kind of a lot of the changes in the wide receiver room? Yeah, I think, I think it's all that. I think it's just a change in the wide receiver room. You've got and you've got some really talented young guys, and Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice is kind of coming into his own, kind of, kind of starting to fill that Juju Smith-Schuster role that, that was so effective last year when he was here. Kadarius Tony, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, they lost Watson. I mean, you just, you just, this offense is just different, and everybody expects, you know, that Tyreek Hill kind of offense explosion, and we don't have him anymore. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, Mahomes threw to 11 different guys last night. Or on Sunday afternoon, and, and you look at the way he's had to, to kind of train these guys and uh, how he's had to work with these guys individually and say, hey, just because we don't have the best offense right now and just because we're in a learning curve doesn't mean we're not supposed to win football games. And I think that's an aspect that a lot of, not enough people are talking about. The league changed last year, kind of the way they defended Mahomes. They didn't have Tyreek Hill this year. They're just sitting back and doing all this zone coverage and you know, I think yesterday we saw what, what, what kind of damage that will do. Uh, if Mahomes has enough time, a lot of routes are going to become open. Guys were running harder yesterday. They seem to be in a different gear. And if this continues to evolve, 
then I don't think we're going to have this conversation about the offense struggling anymore. This was by far, I think, their best offensive output. Though, though it was the Bears, you know, they had a pretty good game. But this is a this is a better team. It's a division team. And honestly, if it wasn't for a couple of turnovers, the Chiefs probably would have put up 40 to 45 points. Nick, when you look up and down this roster, regardless if they're full of superstars or not, every year are the Chiefs always viewed as a Super Bowl caliber team when Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback? Yeah, with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, as long as that combo's together. And I'll throw up Matt Nagy in there too because I, I think he brings a, a, an extra element to the offense, especially you know, with, the, with the young receivers and his patience in developing them. As long as those two guys are there, you, you can see it. I mean, you go from Super Bowl, what, uh, 54 to, to 56, and only like 14 or 15 guys were left over. And uh, the expectation this year is to go to the Super Bowl. The expectation is to go to the Super Bowl every year. And I don't think that's going to change despite the roster. But as long as these two guys are together, and you got to obviously throw Travis Kelsey into the mix, he's probably going to play a couple more years than, than he and Taylor Swift to go make babies and live happily <laughs> ever after. But, uh, you know, until that happens, you know, this, this team, it, it's the best team in football, and it's not particularly close. Um, I know there's some talent on the NFC side, but you can see in the AFC, you know, Lamar Jackson is great one week and terrible the next week. Josh Allen is struggling in Buffalo. You know, we don't really know what the Bengals are at this point because now we're going to find out because their schedule gets a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and you just look around the NFL and what are the Chiefs? The Chiefs are the most consistent team. They've been the most consistent team the last five-plus years. They've got five straight AFC you know, title games in Kansas City, probably going to make it six, probably have a chance to go back-to-back Super Bowls. But to answer your question in a very long-winded manner, this, <laughs> these, these are the guy. this is the team to beat. This is the gold standard of the NFL right now. And the only reason that the talking heads talk about all these other teams from week to week, and, the, and, and trust me, the, the narrative today is the Baltimore Ravens are going to unseat the Kansas City Chiefs because they beat up on a Lions team that struggled in the win conditions and in their expectations of being, I thought, one of the best teams in the NFC. So, listen, this, this, this football team is unique. Chiefs fans need to embrace this era uh, because it's never going to come around again enjoy it as long as it lasts. Nick, as much as the offense has struggled uh, or, you know, taken a little while to get going, the defense has been uh, just on the opposite side of the coin really, really good this year. And I think a lot of people did not expect that. Yeah, I guess what are some of the things that you've seen from them where they've gone from, you know, solid to situationally good to one of the better defenses in the league? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's nothing I saw coming. I mean – I thought, I thought from the onset, you know, for even even in the loss of the Lions without Chris Jones, you know, they were playing great. That was that's a good offense. Mm-hmm. They they held to 21 points, and then you just started to watch it unfold throughout the season, and you know, Chris Jones finally decided to end his ridiculous holdout. And what was great about it was these guys just they just they're young. Um, there's a few veterans mixed in. They made a couple of key acquisitions in Drew Tranquil and. We saw Charles Abenhew for the first time yesterday after his six-game suspension. And you just look at it, they're, they're confident. They're cohesive. Uh, they all play hard for one another. I mean, Steve Spagnola, who should probably get some interviews as, a, as an NFL head coach, you know, during the, during the playoffs, um, has done a tremendous job. And, he, and, and Joe Cullen, the defensive line coach, he deserves a lot of props. You know, guys like Mike Dan, I mean, I wrote Mike Dan off like, why is he on the roster? You know, he, he can't do anything. 
And all of a sudden, he's been able to push linemen back and get sacks. He had another one yesterday. With Jarius Sneed, you know, continues to be one of the top corners. You know, Willie Gay is playing, you know, I think beyond his limits, which is really great to see. And, you know, George Karloftis, and you can kind of go down the list. And a lot, a lot of these guys are not household names. You know, I haven't even mentioned McDuffie yet. And they're just playing in a, in a, in a way in which it's so refreshing. And I, I, I commented on, on our YouTube show that I think this defense has a chance to be as good as the 69 Chiefs. Because that 69 Chiefs team, they, they were loaded with stars, and they were just dominant. And this team, is, this defense is becoming that way too. Now, listen, they, 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 they were terrible in the first half against the Chargers, but they came out in the second half, made some adjustments, you know, pitched the shutout. And that's, that's important note. You know, sometimes you're not on your A game. The offense carried them in the first half, and the defense just shut them down in the second half. So when you have that kind of combination, it's just quite remarkable to sit there and go, and this defense is really good. Are they really top five? I mean, I think they're probably in the top three of defenses. They're not giving up a lot of points. And they just play hard for one another, and that just starts with great, great coach. Nick, you, <laughs> you made me laugh a little bit there when you brought up Steve, Steve Spagnola to be a head coach because I grew up in St. Louis and watched him coach the St. Louis Rams. Um, and that obviously didn't, that. Yeah, didn't go too well. <laughs> And then um, I moved my fandom over to Chicago uh, as of late. My dad's from Chicago, and I had to watch Matt Nagy coach um, <laughs> up there. So by you bringing up those two names, it, it kind of puts me in a, in a depressing state of mind. Well, I'll just know, say at that. Least Matt got you guys in the playoffs. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that was Matt or our defense, because that defense well, was unbelievable. <laughs> you talk about the 69 Chiefs. Let's talk about that Bears defense. <laughs> That, that was a great he – he, he was blessed with some really great defense and he had some poor quarterback play. But, you know, I think under the circumstances he did – he did the best he could. Listen, I'm just glad he's back in Kansas City because I think he's, he's, he's done a terrific job in, in teaching uh, these young kids. He spends a lot of time with the wide receivers, and I think it's starting to pay dividends. Hey, one one quick thing here, because you mentioned Sky Moore's name, too, um, earlier mm-hmm. on. And, you know, I, I asked Robbie this question last week because it was when Steve Smith called Jerry Judy a jag, uh, just another guy. And so uh, that's kind of how I think about Sky Moore a little bit, like just another guy, somebody that came in with the expectation. Mm-hmm. And I, it was a tough ceiling to hit, but people looked at him as, oh, he could be the next Tyreek Hill, and he just hasn't really amounted to anything in Kansas City. Do you think like that's the trajectory he's on still is not amounting to anything, or do you think no. he's progressing in, a, in enough of a way to be looked at as a, you know, a serviceable wide receiver in the league? Yeah, I think I think more serviceable, but I don't I don't think anybody thought Sky Moore was going to be, you know, the next Tyreek Hill. Here's what's interesting about Sky Moore: if you look at his college tape, he ran he he, he ran the best routes and had the best hands of any receiver in college football his senior year. There was nobody at his level. His routes were crisp; they were precise. He had great hands. He knew how to catch the ball. I mean, he was the perfect wide receiver on tape. He got to the NFL last year. I think putting him out there to do a special teams, you know, with the, with the fumbles, you know, kind of hurt his confidence. He made a big play in the Super Bowl. You know, and he's, he's had his moments this year, but he's not going to be that, you know, number one guy. You know, Rasheed Rice is going to ultimately be the number one receiver for the football team. He is a phenomenal specimen. He's similar uh, to Sky Moore. You look at his tape in college, 
great route running ability, great position of the hand, um, good after, you know, yards after the catch. You know, he, those two guys, I would put them one and two of what I saw on film. Uh, but one succeeded in the NFL. The other one just is kind of finding his way. But I don't think anybody should give up on him. I think, you know, he's played better the last two games. Yeah, he only caught two balls for 15 yards yesterday. But, you know, they were important catches in, in drives. And he ran good routes, and he did what he was supposed to do. So, listen, he's going to be, as all these receivers, Tony and Moore and Rice and MVS, you know, and McCole Hardman when he gets more involved in the offense. And he had a terrific game yesterday, I thought, for the limited role. You know, that, that's, that's just what makes this, great, this team great. And Mahomes isn't going to fixate on one guy other than Kelsey. And the rest of the guys get open because anybody can catch the ball and he needs to be ready. So to answer your question, I think Sky Moore is going to be just fine. I don't think he's going to be elite. And that's, that, I think that everybody will be okay with that if he, if he makes plays in the offense. Nick, as I kind of look at this Kansas City schedule uh, the rest of the way out, and, and you mm-hmm. mentioned how you think they're uh, still the best team in football, and that's, that's certainly a fair assessment, even though, like you said, there is some talent out in the NFC as well. What do you see being a potential stumbling block, whether it's a stretch of the schedule, whether it's a position group maybe you're not totally sure on? Like, if there is an issue for Kansas City the rest of the way out that prevents them from returning to the Super Bowl or going to a six-straight AFC title game, what is that stumbling block in your mind? It's themselves. If they beat themselves, they'll lose. Uh, I don't think there's a team on the schedule that can beat Kansas City when they're, when they're playing their B-plus game. Um, and that's kind of what they've had so far this year. They've had a couple of A games. They've had a bunch of C games. But, you know, overall average, they're, they're, they're probably in that BB-plus range. And, and listen, if the Chiefs get out of their own way, uh, they're going to win football games. If they don't have turnovers or stupid penalties in the red zone, I mean, I think they fixed some of the red zone woes yesterday. They, they played really, really well, I thought, in the red zone. Um, you know, and, and I think, listen, yes, could the Bills beat them? Sure. Could the Patriots beat them? Sure. Could the Packers? Probably not. Eagles, maybe. Dolphins, maybe. But, you know, these are all teams that have to play almost perfect games to beat Kansas City. I mean, look at the opening game against the Lions. The Lions played, I thought, a perfect football game. And the Chiefs had made mistakes and had turnovers, and the Kansas City only lost that game by a single point. So, listen, they've gotten their A game, or they've gotten the best out of a lot of these teams, but they found a way to win. And if, if they just don't make mistakes and they stay on the path that, 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 that they know they're on and the trajectory that says, hey, it's Super Bowl or bust every single year, I, I, do, I just don't see – I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to run the table uh, because I think there'll be a loss here or two. I, I actually think Denver has a really good chance to beat Kansas City this weekend just because they've played them you know, so close together you know, twice in three weeks. I think that's extremely difficult for any team to make that sweep. Um, so, yeah, that could be, that could be a, you know, kind of a, a, a point of the, hey, you know what, we didn't play our best. And, you know, they're probably looking ahead to playing the Dolphins, who didn't look very good last night against the Eagles. So um, I, I, I think the only team that's going to stop Kansas City are the Chiefs themselves. I just think they're that much better than anybody in the AFC. That is Nick Athen of ChiefsBlitz.com. Nick, we appreciate your time and your insight on the Chiefs, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate Thanks, it. Nick. That is Nick Athen. <laughs> no um, flags on the field! You know, he did say something at the end there that I kind of agree with, but I also think the Dolphins could give them a run for their money, and it's the only team the Chiefs will lose to is themselves. Mm-hmm. And where I give him the edge there is because anytime you have Patrick Mahomes quarterback in your team, 
I can totally see it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just somebody that you kind of aspire to have on your team. Yeah, I mean, it's what everybody's looking for, right? right? Everybody's looking for Mahomes. You're looking for somebody that can be as much of a playmaker as Mahomes, but also be the guy that even in 15 seconds of game clock Mm -hmm. can march you down the field and put you in a position to score points. If there's any time left on the clock, you look at it and say, too much time for Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes. You left him too much time. I don't think the Bills are that this year. No, I don't don't think Josh Allen's that guy. And and it's weird to see him take as much of a step back as he has, but – the Dolphins still, even with that loss to the Eagles last night, mm-hmm. they still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. They and still one have of one of the best offenses yeah. in the NFL. Tua got caught throwing up a dud there toward the end of the game, like a ball that just stayed in the air way too long that led to the interception. But you have a guy on the outside that uh, you know was pretty productive in Kansas City when he played uh, at Arrowhead. And he's been even more productive in Miami. He's a total game changer. You have Jalen Waddell, who is a number one pick, a wide receiver two, one of the best wide receiver twos yes, in the NFL. super productive guy, yeah. You will get A-Chan back, mm-hmm. but you pair him with Raheem Mostert. Yep. Line play has been good, giving Tua a lot of time. And like, the defense, is, like you said, has been way better. The, the defense, defense has, has been unbelievable. Yeah. That's the thing that was holding them back before was their defense wasn't good enough. And now and they're with without like, Ramsey. Yeah, you've got Ramsey. I think it's coming back soon is, is the hope. You've got Bradley Chubb over there. You've got some guys on that defensive line that have emerged this year as well that they're a dramatically better defense than they have been in years past. And that's really what's made the difference between them being kind of a, oh, maybe, you know, borderline AFC title contender. Mm-hmm. And, hey, this team might be able to win a Super Bowl. Now, a lot of it does depend on how good can Tua be in those, in those marquee moments. And last night he wasn't good enough, right? Mm-hmm. But long term, do you think if, – if you think Tua's that guy – and I don't know. To be fair, I really don't know if Tua's that guy. I think the offensive system's in really good shape. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of corollaries between him and like a Brock Purdy where you like the weapons around him a lot. You like the offensive system a lot. You like the head coach a lot. You probably like Tua more as a player than Brock Yeah, Purdy. I think he's got a better skill set for sure. Um, and, and he was obviously way more highly touted coming out of high school, coming out of college. Um, but sim- they're in similar positions at, in the sense of it's hard to tell how much is their excellence and how much is mm-hmm. the coaching and the weapons around them because they both have incredible choices in terms of of how to dissect a defense and it's really their job just to make the right decisions and does Tua probably have more upside than Brock Purdy I, w- I would guess so right but again it's pretty hard to tell because of the systems they're in last year was it the Browns that gave the Chiefs some trouble in the playoffs was it that game that came down um, to the wire um that's a good question I'm trying to remember what team gave the Chiefs some trouble last I want to say it was the Browns because the Browns are kind of that scrappy team that at any point could give you trouble. If we talk about really good defenses, like well, the best in the NFL, their defense is really that's good. the Browns. Like their uh, offense is eh, especially without Nick Chubb, although Jerome Ford has been really, really good for yeah. that team. But you're not winning games with uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so honestly, they played three one-score games, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and Philly, we're all one-score games in the playoffs. So, I mean, I'm not sure which one. Like, who was, it, who was it that the Browns played that they gave an issue to last year? Or was it the Bengals that gave the Chiefs issues? I mean, the Bengals gave the Chiefs a lot of issues in that. 20, what was the final? 23-20. 
Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe I'm thinking of the other team in Ohio. So, similar color scheme, same state. Like I, it's, you know, same conference, <laughs> <laughs> um, same division rather. Yeah, it's, well, and conference. It's a. Um, it's going to be really interesting to, for me to see as because I'm not quite as high on Kansas City as Nick is. I think they're very good, and obviously when you've got mm-hmm. Mahomes and Andy Reid, you're you start well, ahead of everyone else. The one thing that they've been Kansas City's been in the last six years is consistent. I mean, they've been the consistent team out of. The but that's NFL. because of Mahomes. But but we've seen we've seen other teams have their moments, but not be consistent, and that's really kind of hurt other teams like Buffalo. And I should and give we, credit to Andy Reid too. You know, yeah, we, it's Mahomes and Reid. I, I'm a huge Andy Reid guy. Like that's honestly even a, a few years back um, when the 49ers mm-hmm. were playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Obviously, I wanted the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, but there was a part of me that was really happy that Andy Reid got a Super Bowl because he was he's too good of a coach to not have won a Super Bowl. And now he's got a couple, obviously, so you feel good for him there. But Back back when that game was that, – that was a team that I thought could be consistent, but they ended up not being – I mean, they have their moments. They're just not as consistent as Kansas City is. Well, yeah, because at San the time Francisco. you had yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback and not yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Like Kyle Shanahan, probably on par with Andy Reid. Like yeah. pretty close. Yeah. They're in the same neighborhood. Kyle Shanahan, for my money, the best NFL coach without a title right now. But – yeah, yeah, I would agree. But the big Ma- difference there. McDaniels is close. But think about yeah. this, though, with Kansas City, But I though. give McDaniels uh, – I give Shanahan some of McDaniels credit, too, because he's his little, little protege. Right. How many, how many times – how many pieces have gone away from Kansas City and you've had to – you know, I mean, with Hill being gone, you know, I mean, you've had to replace major parts. If they didn't lost have, Travis you Kelsey, You didn't have I'd Travis be at the beginning I'd, of the season. So, I mean, you know, I mean, they've had to – They've been consistent even without having some of their major pieces. Yeah, but they've always had Mahomes and Andy Reid. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. That's and, the, and Mahomes is, is kind of the X factor. Here. Yeah, he's what it, we talked about. It's somebody that he, can win a football game even if there's 15 seconds on the clock. Yeah, he, he is the Band-Aid that fixes all the other flaws on the team. And Now, your defense has to play well, too, for the Chiefs to win football games, and they are. Yes. But yes. more times than not, if they're in a football game, it's, it's Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. And so you're right about Kelsey, though. Kelsey's interesting because he's been kind of that security blanket, mm-hmm. the the one constant with Patrick Mahomes that whole time, along with Andy Reid. If, if he loses Travis Kelsey, that's a situation that I think really does change the map. Well, you know how we talk about war in baseball? Yeah. Uh, and which is wins above replacement? Like, Travis Kelsey gives you a positive yeah. war. Yeah, absolutely. But if you lose Travis Kelsey, you're probably taking on two, three losses in a season. Yeah. I mean, very you very easily could because he, he covers up for Mahomes. He covers up so many of the deficiencies in their weapons, right? Because they have lost a lot of weapons over the years in terms of wide receivers and and, and players like that. But it, you've always had Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey with his skill set, and and it's that, unmatched. Yeah, I mean, it's the way that he finds his openings and zone coverage. The way that he's able to find an opening when yeah. Mahomes is scrambling on a broken play. I mean, it's the same thing as Pete Gronk is is Travis Kelsey is Jimmy Graham when he was in yeah, New Orleans. So it's a uh, Jimmy Graham was little. He um, didn't have his long term of a right. Gronk Kelsey, but he was so dominant when he played with Drew. He Brees. was. Their styles are a little different. Graham was more of a like. Vertical athlete than than either Gronk Probably. or Kelsey were. 
Um, but those guys are like Gronk and Kelsey were those guys where no matter who else was on the field for Brady or mm-hmm. for Mahomes, you could count on those guys to basically keep the offense functional and moving forward until they could figure it out with the rest of the skill position pieces. Um, so interesting stuff there from Nick. We appreciate his time uh, over at ChiefsBlitz.com if you want to check out more. Uh, coming up next, I think it's time to play a game. Shane's World. Shane's World. Coming up next here on Herd at Sports Radio. Do we really have to play that? Oh, yeah. Are you serious? You have nothing to lose. Hmm.